Hello listeners, I'm Errol Parker, Editor-at-Large of the Batuta Advocate, and thank you for tuning in to today's special podcast. It's been a long time coming, but now is the time for Queenslanders to have a very hard conversation. On today's podcast, Clancy has made his way down to the Brown Snake to investigate and dissect the heartbreaking existential crisis of one of Australia's most esteemed and historically reliable institutions. No, it's not the Catholic Church or the Australian Labor Party. It's an organisation that has brought far more joy to people. We are talking, of course, about the Brisbane Broncos. At the time of this recording, the Broncos have just lost five matches in a row, including last week's humiliating loss to the ugly little brother from down the road at the Gold Coast. For those who refused to believe that things were as bad as they were, the penny dropped when their own fans booed them at halftime as they left the field trailing the Titans 22-zip. The unflattering records continue to break, such as the biggest margins in a loss, longest streak of match losses, and longest streak of seasons without a premiership. These are all new and unfamiliar lows for a club that used to win a premiership every two to five years, no questions asked. And their players, fans, and former greats have no idea how to process it. This week, Clancy speaks to former Bronco, Gerald Yao Ye for some insight into how the club got to where it is today. Gerald played for the Broncos from 2009 to 2012, in which time he also represented the Queensland Maroons, Australia, and the Indigenous All-Stars. That was until this promising young winger had his career cut short by one of the most gruesome injuries seen on the football field in the modern era, a compound fracture to the leg against the Rabbitohs in round four of 2012 was described by the surgeon as a war or road trauma injury, not something he expected to see from rugby league. Gerald talks to Clancy about all these things, from being tipped as the next Wendell to having to take a job at the Broncos in their player welfare department and having to watch from the sideline. Gerald Yaoye formally resigned from Red Hill in March this year, so the gloves are off now. This is what he's got to say. You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of The Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, welcome back to The Batuta Advocate radio show. Recording from Brisbane this week, uh, I've made my way down to the Brown Snake. It's Clancy Overall here, of course. Uh, Errol Parker's back holding the fort in the newsroom in uh, the Channel Country, but I've made my way down here. I've got a few errands to run. I've got a few uh, kids to see, you know, that I haven't been able to see in isolation, you know. Um, haven't been a very good flaky father, so I'm back in Brisbane and I'm doing the right thing. And I thought while I was here, I would address a new story, probably been a pretty big one in, in the River City. The slump, I guess, in, in, in Brisbane sport. So today to talk about these particular issues and a range of other things, I'll be uh, interviewing today's guest who's sitting in front of me, Jarrell Yaye. Former uh, Broncos icon, former Broncos player, and of course, former Broncos staffer. Thank you for joining us today. No, Clancy, thanks for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. Uh, everything former at that club at the moment. Um, former. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> when did you hang up the um, the lanyard? Ah, uh, the lanyard, yes. Um, well, it did become that. It used to be the set of keys, yeah. uh, but the, they've <laughs> moved into the big building now over there, Red Hill and Fulcher Road. And you had the keys to the city at one point. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to think so. Never won a grand final, but they still gave them to me yeah. um, at that club. Yeah, uh, hung the lanyard up uh, March March this year. Yeah, right. So 
pretty weird time to be honest with you. I mean, I was there since I was 17 years old and, yep. you know, 14 years of, you know, of, of joy and happiness at that place. And mm. yeah, it was pretty hard to see the, see the back of it. But look, I'm here now at 98.9 FM and, mm. and uh, doing the drive show with myself and Tari and yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving radio. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you were you're always a bit of a media talent in every uh, in every post match interview we saw. You were, you were always a bit more. Uh, you'd stray away from the actual template and the for, the formula, which was you know full credit to the boys and game of two halves and yeah. dug dug in, done our best. Yeah, look uh, back back myself. You used to actually you know you used to get outside the box with yeah. That. Well, I think a lot of those football cliches were thrown around way too much in uh, post post uh, game you know, media conferences and, and whatnot. So, yeah, try to be the different guy. Yeah, try to yeah. be the different Try to be the, the different person in the group, and I'm glad someone noticed. <laughs> I'm glad someone noticed. Well, your new employers certainly did. Yeah, That's, definitely. That's uh, the drive show on 98.9 FM, Brisbane Country Music Radio. Yeah, if you haven't tuned in, please do. We're, uh, we're on the search at the moment for the best cookie in Brisbane. She's on me boat. She's on me ute. <laughs> it's happy days at the moment. No, but seriously, honestly, very happy to be, well... I shouldn't say so, um, away from that club at the moment. It is yeah. pretty tough, like you mentioned, and mm. we will touch on a few things, obviously, in this uh, in, in this talk. That this know, confessional, yeah, this confessional of where the club's going, and I'm confused because mm. it is a it's a it's a tough it's a tough chat for me because mm. you know I'm still so very very involved with all of my friends at that club, yep. and. It's something that I never wanted to be that player that, that left this club and, and, and bagged them. And I never will be. I'm not going to bag them. I just like to speak the truth. Yeah. And, you know, I did, I did tweet something on the weekend that, you know, hurt a few people's feelings. Well, I do you want to just go over that for those who didn't, who didn't read? Yeah, the, I'll, um, I'll, um, I'll get me tweet up. Your, just late, so your I, late night tweet? My late night tweet <laughs> that, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy. It was no. just what I thought. And personally, who I am as a person, what I would have done. Uh, no, it was. It, w- it wasn't as rough as anything a journalist would be tweeting. No, right? no. definitely not. And I, look to anyone out there that thinks I'm a journalist, you can go shove it. I am not a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm far from a journalist. Um, a lot of people at the club when I was there, all those journos thought I was becoming one. But I'm myself, and I'm, I'm not going to become one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote what I do as a player. Right, this is uh, straight after the game. Um, against on the weekend against the Titans. Uh, what I do as a player right now, instead of talking and laughing with my opponents after the game, I go see the fans at a distance, obviously, say hello, wave to them, apologise, do whatever I got to do to say sorry to the people that make this beautiful club. That's just me, though. That's, you know, and that's come from my heart because I, I do see, I don't know, there's a lot of people saying it's a culture problem. I, I see maybe not the baton being passed down to the younger players. Of, right. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. As, as a Broncos team and this is what we should be doing yep. and one of those was drilled into me and the great Darren Lockyer drilled this into us was you know we always go see the fans after the game mm-hmm. win, win, lose or draw yep. no matter if it's bad times I, I made it very personal that I did that every game and mm-hmm. yeah that after the game on the weekend you know going 5-0 and oh, it had nothing to do with the, the result it was just you know, the hurt that the fans had to, you know, there were 6,000 people in there that um, the first time after we've had a lot of fans come back. Yeah. Just go do what our fans deserve and, yeah. and go say hello and, you know, at a distance, like I said, and, 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 and apologise if you have to or wave to them mm-hmm. because that's all they want. I, you know, I talk to them regularly. 
that's all they care about. They yeah. they want they just want you to know that you care. And yeah. look, if it hurt anyone's feeling, I, I don't apologize because that's that's how I feel personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now we'll, we'll go back. We'll get get into that a bit later. The happenings in the club and and where it's come to yep. from from your playing days. But we'll go back to the start a little bit. You are. North Queensland, Central Queensland. Uh, yeah, Rocky Boy. Rocky Boy. Yeah, Rock Vegas, uh, yeah. Emu Park on yeah. the coast of near Yapoon, yeah. uh, where my family was uh, was uh, is, resides from, yeah. and um, it's my grandfather's side, my South Sea Islander side of my yeah. family, and um, beautiful part of the world. If no one's been up there, get up there and have a look at it. And yeah, yeah, is Chinese background. It is Chinese background, so, so you, you wouldn't be the only player in the in, in the NRL or in rugby you know either codes yeah there's a couple um, I mean, a lot of Chinese last names in the islands too most definitely I yeah. mean the cane farmers were obviously Chinese they came over and um, brought a lot of Vanuatu people with them yeah. I think that's where the cross came in yeah yeah years of was a very famous name before I started playing rugby league <laughs> I, you know my I had a bit of heat on me from the start didn't realize my uncle Kevin was a a superstar of a footy player. He was Tigers. Yeah, he was a Tigers boy. Uh, he played at Redcliffe also, yep. which I despise. I never played at Redcliffe. I'm a Norse <laughs> Devils boy. Um, but I heard a lot of great things about this man. Didn't know anything because my, my grandfather's a very humble man as well. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like to, I suppose, talk up his family. And mm-hmm. and I think, in a way, he's he's probably smart as well. He probably wanted to keep me a bit humble mm-hmm. and and not um, you know say, you know, our family is this, Gerald, or yeah. maybe not put so much pressure on us, but... As soon as I put a Broncos under twenty shirt on, mm. wow, the media came and yeah. and came um, came running fast. And and I was in my first photo shoot on my first day of under twenties kid, mm. and it was a bit weird for me. But yeah, that's where the the name came from. And from the start, like I said, I didn't know uh, you know what I had ahead of me. But there was a lot of, uh, a, lot of history. a lot of history behind my name. Yeah, yeah. And and then, so can you tell us a little bit because you you were lucky enough as a Queenslander to play your whole club career in Queensland, but there was a close call there. You nearly... Yeah. Was it para? Yeah, it was a good close call. It was a, it was a good close call that uh, that probably was the best one, of the best thing that ever happened to me, actually. I mean, mm. I come out of Norse Devils where I played all my junior footies and junior footy and senior footy. I played over 150 games from my, from my junior footy to senior footy at Norse and mm. picked up when I was 16 years old to go to Parramatta mm-hmm. in Sydney. Uh, lucky enough to be billeted out down there and go have a trial in at the start of 2007 early late 2006 start of 2007 you know i'm thinking this could be this could be anything here and Mm. my grandmother was a um my my late great grandmother was a was an eel supporter so happy lady very happy lady so (laughs) and to me it didn't matter. Like I didn't really care. I didn't really care where I was. But that opportunity was amazing. I, I, I've had some, met some great people down there. I was down there with Daniel Mortimer at the time. He was yep. coming through. Yep. Albert Kelly, yep. um, superstar. You know, came through the game. He's obviously playing in England at the moment. Yep. But those were the type of kids I was billeted with, and it was it was a pretty special um, moment. I was down there for probably three months, and unfortunately, got told that uh, yeah. I'm not big enough, and I just probably wouldn't be good enough to play first grade. Same thing happened to JT. Yeah. Same thing happened to all of them. Yeah, to the Broncos said yeah. that to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we, what were we thinking? <laughs> probably arguably the best, the best, one of the best halves to ever play the game. So how did you respond to that? Was that was that you saying, well, I'm going to show you, or is it I'm going to get myself in front of some fresh eyes? Nah, it was definitely I'm going to show you. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think from a young age as a – Indigenous kid growing up on the north side, I was probably always going to be behind. I know that sounds really weird, but you know I was probably the only 
um, Aboriginal kid at my school. Certain when he Murray's playing in the Blues no, back then. No, <laughs> definitely. So, yeah, look, it was – yeah, I was I was probably behind the eight ball straight away, yeah. as you would put it. And But I loved it. Mm. I was told, yeah, like I said, from a young age, from a lot of teachers that I wouldn't, you know, yeah. wouldn't make it in anything. And I think that just is who I've become. Mm-hmm. Um, I love negative feedback. Yeah. And right. that's how I drive. My, I thrive, I suppose. And that moment in my life, I went, am I going to sit around and kick stones or am I going to take action here and, mm-hmm. and, and go prove to this man, yeah. these people, this club, that they've just missed, all, missed out on the biggest opportunity they ever had. Yeah. And that's where I went. And I was lucky enough to come back to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And my manager, Cole Davis, said to me, look, we've got an opportunity and first, you know, being me, I said, oh, you know, is there any money involved? Nah, it's just a trial and trial and train at the Broncos. Yeah. And I went, yeah, easy done, let's do it. And then from there on, I you know, met some of my lifelong best friends, Ben Hunt, Andrew McCulloch, Josh Hoffman, Alex Glenn, Josh McGuire. I mean, the list goes on and yeah. on and on. And I trained the house down because, yeah, I just think because, you know, you're, you're training with people who you want to train with. Mm-hmm. One... And you just love playing footy, man. And that was my goal was to play footy. And after Christmas, the Bronx came to the to the table with a contract. Mm-hmm. Have a guess. Uh, I don't know. Back then. Yeah, back, well, it's 2007, so it would have been 2000, start of 2008. I hope you're getting more than, say, the media. What's that, 80K? Yeah. Uh, well, this is a funny thing. This is this is a lot of people don't know this story. Than the media advisor? Yeah. Uh, I, got, I got offered $1,000 a year to be at the Broncos. <laughs> And I took it. Oh my god! And I said, "Yep, where do I sign? Where's my check? You know, give me the money now." So I did what any smart eighteen-year-old would do: as I went and bought a plasma screen TV and an Xbox Three Sixty. <laughs> my yeah. mum was off me, <laughs> but that's how it all started at the Broncos. That's exactly like mm-hmm. that's it. And I missed the first round in under twenties. I played all the trial matches, missed the first round, and I thought that's when I sort of hit rock bottom. I was like, "Oh, what am I going to do?" You know, is this it for me? But I just went, nah, stick it out. Went back to Norse and, yeah, played second round. Right. Played every single game that year and was the highest try scorer in the comp, 27 tries in 26 games. Yeah, man, it just, I don't know. It just went really quickly. The time went like that. Uh, Like I said, uh, if I couldn't have done it without the boys that were in my side, definitely not. Like that cliche we talked about, credit to the boys. Full credit, they're back themselves. (laughs) (laughs) We're back, baby. Full credit to the boys. And yeah, look, the bond I made with Benny Hunt Mm. was second to none. And if I didn't have that bond with him, Mm -hmm. you know, I probably don't score 20 of those tries that year uh, without without him. So yeah, I mean, that, that was the start of my career at the Brisbane Broncos. You then went on to play 60 games for the Bronx. Yep. Three Origins. Yep. Three Australia... Test, yeah, yeah. Test, uh, yep. Australia, test for Australia. Test and then um, three games for the All-Stars. So you yep. got you got a fair chunk of rep footy in there. Yeah. For, for a career, of course, I mean, um, a lot of our listeners will know how it ended. Was a was, was an compound, injury. Compound fracture. Compound fracture. Yeah. And we, you know, a lot of people saw it on television. A lot of people saw it in the stands. Yeah. And, it, and it has become a bit of a, a bit of folklore in the game. You, you now play the role as a case study for a lot of the young fellas as yeah. well, just to remember. Could be over. Could be over in a minute. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call you exactly Booby Miles, but you, uh, <laughs> you definitely, you, you know, you got some good footy in there, which, yeah. is, which, is, which is great. Yeah, too, well. 
we, we, we can't say it's a wasted talent because, you know, uh, as, a, as a Queensland supporter, we, we relied on you and you delivered. Yeah, look, I, I, I enjoyed – when Very I was times. playing footy, man, I just was enjoying playing footy. Mm. And that's the, mm. that's the whole gist of why I started playing rugby league. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a soccer player before I played rugby league. And yep. I, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now because I just had so much fun yeah. playing that game. And, yeah, I, I just – if I've got anything to say to these boys that play these days is, you know, it could be over tomorrow. Like, have fun. Enjoy yep. it. Don't take anything for granted. Make sure you give everything, mm-hmm. every single game, because people think that this, these careers are long, man. They ain't, they ain't long. But my mum always said to me, you know, do something properly. And that day in Perth, I broke my ankle properly. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. she did say do, do stuff properly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was, it, it's an enjoyable career, mate, honestly. Can you just quickly go through um, what was the initial thinking there? Was there a bit of booby miles? Like, you know, come on, coach. Or come on, doc, just tell me it's okay. Or you had to start thinking immediately about what's what's happening next. Yeah, look, I've, being pretty stubborn of the bloke I am, I wanted to give myself every opportunity yeah. to play rugby league again. But when that day came, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a realist yeah. and I knew that this is not going to be the thing that I do for the rest of my life now. Mm-hmm. And it obviously never is because you obviously play till you're 33, 34. Yep. Or if you're Cameron Smith, the 40. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you you have those. I did have that moment. Yep. And I needed to personally for my san- sanity go, all right, let's 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 wrap this up. And then let's let's figure out where Dralia takes himself from here. Yep. It was a hard, that was really, really hard decision to make because like any kid that plays this game or like anyone that in sports that thrive and try so hard to be the best in their field mm. that's exactly what i tried to do people talk about you know carpentry apprenticeships you know they go through a four-year apprenticeship well my apprenticeship was when i started playing at 10 years old yeah. you know that's a 10-year apprenticeship to get to where i got to mm. so it hurts when they you know take your license off you yeah, so sure. to call um so to speak um, i mean and that's what happened to me and yeah decided that it wasn't happening anymore and where am i going to go now and First, I started in Indigenous department at the at the Broncos. Yep. Really enjoyed that, but I just sort of wanted to expand and go. Okay, Dra, what else? What else tools do you have in 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 yourself? Like, what else can you do? Media wasn't my big thing that I ever had. It wasn't at, at that point. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> it was never something that I thought you know. But I also knew there was an opportunity in the digital world yep. that was going to grow. That I was like, okay, should you try and do this? Yeah, and if you do. If you fail, you fail. But if you don't, you know, I believe I've changed a lot of stuff at that club digitally, how we created podcasts, how we created live segments, how we created different concepts for the players. And I mean, we knew how to give plans access to the players exactly before. Yeah, exactly. Because you knew the players. That's it. That's it. And I've been there before. So now, you know, I created all that in a way. And now I, I love talking. I don't know why, but I love it. I hated it before. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't talk to the, I could talk to the media, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Now I, you can't shut me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's where I wanted to go with it. So I'm very happy I did because I, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. You, you talk a little bit about getting into the Pathways program at the Broncos mm-hmm. and helping, um, you know, kids come through, whether they be, you know, young Murray kids or, or, you know, you were working with everyone by the end of it. You were, an, I guess, an ambassador or a, a liaison to everyone, not just the black kids. What do you say to people that talk about the baby Bronx at the moment? Like this idea of the baby Bronx, 
I mean, you, you've left the Broncos earlier this year. You left yep. the employment of the Broncos. Is there still that feeling at Red Hill? Is it still the same old sleepy club it was? You know, the Alfie's Bar, Wayne Bennett, the King? Do you, do you feel any of that in there? And was it there when you were there? Oh, most definitely was there when I was there. Yeah. Most definitely. And I'm, I'm not, that sounds arrogant the way I said that then. I'm not saying that because I was there, it was there. Yeah. I'm saying I felt that when I was there. Yeah. I, I would have to say, personally, this has not got nothing to do with anybody else in the club, but what I feel. Yeah. Personally, in the last year and a half when I was there, yeah, I lost a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how mm-hmm. to explain that, but I just felt that. Yeah. This me saying this now is no one can no one knows how I feel. I'm t- saying exactly how I feel. I definitely feel like it was not the same when I was there. And you you say those names, yeah. I don't feel that anymore, and that that hurts me to say that because this club was built on some great great people before us, before me, mm-hmm. before the people that came before me. You know. I wanted to wear that number five jersey week in and week out because I wanted to be better than Wendell Saylor. Yeah. That was my goal. Mm. You know, maybe I was going down a path that I probably wasn't going to be, but I was like, I'm not going not gonna to stop until I try. I don't know if they feel I, – I, I, I can't speak for them, yeah. but what I see and what I feel is like, I'm not sure if they feel that anymore. Yeah. Does someone want to be better than a Drow Yeah. Does someone want to Does someone want to be better than a Darren Lockyer? Yeah. I don't know if they feel that anymore. The things that are in the club right now is a big part is, you know, Alf, Alf's still around yeah. and he's he should never have to leave that place because he created that place. Yeah. And we, we talk about people who come before us and, and players. The club is not a business made, made business from the Broncos. It is made by the people in it. And when I think of the Broncos, I think of Alan Langer. Yeah. Um, I think of Sam Thiday, I think of Jonathan, uh, Justin Hodges, I think of Corey Parr, I think of Darren Lockyer. They're Broncos to me. Yeah. Uh, what epitomizes a Bronco for me is when you get kneed in the face in your last game at Suncorp Stadium and you still play the last 15 minutes and kick a field goal for your team. Mm-hmm. Darren Lockyer did that and that's a Bronco to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what a Bronco's mentality is. You know, Machelet breaking his neck, told he shouldn't play again, but does for his mates and yeah. for the club, that is a Broncos to me. Yeah. And that's what I think we're probably missing a little bit of. I don't know if that's leadership. They are, those boys do have leadership traits, but you don't need to be a leader to have those traits. Yeah. You just got to have that ticker in you. And I see it, you know, when I watch Alex play, I see, I see it in him so much. Mm-hmm. He, gives, he gives everything. He gives everything, whether he's going to fail or not. He gives everything every game, and yeah, I'm getting really passionate right now because I I believe that's I believe that's the thing that we've lost the most yeah. is is what it means to be a Bronco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Broncos always had a reputation as the you know they had a lot of one club players. Do you feel like there is a little bit of a high goons feeling in there now? Yeah, oh, most definitely a yeah. little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know, I I watch boys leave the club that shouldn't leave the club and i understand it's a business yeah that's what we talk about that's what they talk about but that's what sydney clubs do they call it a business yeah for me when i was at this club i never seen it as a business Mm -hmm. i always seen it as the most loyal club and that's what i suppose created me to be a loyal person Mm -hmm. i I signed my first contract as a thousand dollars and i said to pete nolan when i signed it this is you better just keep them coming because I ain't going anywhere. Yeah, 
just keep the contracts coming. I'm not leaving this place. I'll stay here forever. And I'll, I'm a person who never go back on my word. I'll, I, I would have stayed there till the death. And I feel like sometimes we just we're we're not doing that now. It's it's a, it's changed yeah. because apparently we have to change. You know, yeah. I don't think we have to. I, I think if we went back to the model we had back in '88. We'd still be as good as we are now. Bit of power's bitter. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I, you know. Yeah. You know, you can tell I'm very passionate yeah, about this sure. place, and I just want to see it succeed. And I just don't. Everything I've said is how I think you fix it, but there's so many other people that know how to do it as well. You do seem to be rather kind on those fans that booed the team at, at halftime on the weekend. You've been pretty kind to them. Uh, but Tudor Avi just published a story as I walked in here saying, you know. The Broncos are under fire from their fans who demand a team that's made up of 80% of the origin side. That's what they expect. And that yeah. it feels like, you know, it's a bit like that last dance. People hate making comparisons to no, the Chicago no, Bulls and sporting yeah. around. But it felt like a constitutional right yeah. that we'd get a premiership every two years, every three years, every five years. And the team would be made up of origin players who would win origin every year. Do you think there is a feeling of, you know, maybe the, the Broncos fan should just appreciate what a slump is for the first time in the club's history where they, where they, you know, you can look down at the bunnies. They were so shit they got kicked out of the comp, you yeah. know what I mean? And the, and the the eels, for goodness sake. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time coming for them. Yeah, most definitely. And, yeah, yeah I think we should be, you know, I think our fans should obviously be with us in the hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, it was, if that's what you're saying, most yeah. definitely. Don't just ride the highs with us. Yeah. Ride the lows as well. And the reason why I get the fans is because I've been on both sides of the fence now. Mm-hmm. Because I am a fan now. You know, I get what they feel. You know, and they won't like me saying this, but when you're a footy player, you see this. You see one thing. You don't see anything else. You don't see whatever's, you know, here. You just, you go to training, you think you're in your own world. You know, you think you've got time for no one else. Well, there's something that you don't remember, boys. I was a footy player once. We have all the time in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we, we leave training and there's like so much time to do things to... To get into trouble. Yeah, well, to get in trouble, that's what we freaking do a lot of the time as well, us rugby league players. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I get our – I understand what you're saying with the fans. And, yeah, yeah, they need to – there's probably a precedent with time that we got to go, hey, guys, that's that's enough as well. But I, I also get where they're coming from. So I just want it from both sides. I want yeah. the fans to be nice and I want the boys to address what they're doing as well and the club. So yeah. that's what I'm saying, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, as we were talking about before, those 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 people that made the the club what it is? You also were part of some other, you know, great institutions of rugby league, namely the Origin Maroons, you know, the Queensland Origin side. What was it like? But you know, you played with some greats of the Bronx, but mm. by the time you got to play Origin, you you were in the streak. You were in the eight you, uh, eight in a row. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be in number six. Mm-hmm. I was pretty willing. I was going to be in number seven as well, yeah, obviously yeah. without my injury. But yeah, to be a part of like I actually had this conversation with my friends two weekends ago at a at a dinner that we we went we have every me and my mates do this dinner every month and we we talk about yeah we just talk about our lives but I had this conversation to my close close mates about that'll probably never happen again that series you yeah. know that that mm. that eight Pete yeah and like I'm I'm gonna be one of those people that'll always be a part of that yeah. which is like which blows my mind yeah but when you talk about origin and you talk about a team it's something that. It's really hard to explain. You go back to a lot of media interviews with players that talk about Origin. They do exactly the same thing I'm doing right now. It's hard to explain because you've got to be a part of it to be yeah. to to know. And 
there's always that just feeling that it's just like I'm so comfortable here. Yeah. You're so comfortable with and that's probably what it's like in New South Wales as yeah. well, you know. Don't take anything away from them. they've they've been outstanding for the last couple of years as well, but that time where we were a part where I was a part of that, it was different. Did it feel like nothing could stop the train? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. what I mean. Like yeah. it was different. Yeah. It was like we would go to training, we'd do some conditioning and you used to go to Broncos training, right, and do conditioning, people would miss and you'd be like, an extra, extra. No one ain't missing, man. Yeah. No one's missing in these in these um, representative sides. So you're, you're finishing that in 20 minutes when it used to be a, an hour session. Yeah. You're going into your thingy, right, oh, boys, we need to do this. If we execute, we're off the field. 15 minutes, execution done, yeah. get off. And then you've got obviously your boys who stay on the field, do extras, which is everybody. Yeah. There's not just some people doing not extras. Not just Cameron Smith. Yeah, you know. <laughs> every single person is doing extras and it becomes an extras training session. It doesn't become a, doesn't become a you know, we do this set, this set, yeah. you know, this training session. It becomes an extras training session. And I couldn't believe how crisp and clean yeah. playing footy at, with them was. Like timing, cohesiveness, you know, the brotherlyhood that you had contact at training how aggressive it was because you we knew if if we had let off at training we wouldn't be putting it in the effort on the yeah. in the game so everything was in intense to game intensity yeah yeah it was like every time we played it was just like i feel so sorry for new south wales right now because we're about to tell you boys yeah, you know yeah. we're about to absolutely pump you and you don't <laughs> even know and that's exactly what it was like when i played the series like we probably the second game in my series we were very we probably went down there not as confident we, yeah. we were we were just a bit off yeah and that wasn't anything to do with training i think travel has a lot to do with it when you when you play that game the hype is so big man and yeah. like the sea of blue down there was huge yeah so the crowd play a big part like I, I have to say that as well and it was pretty scary to play in front of you know all those blue supporters yeah. um but it also gave you a drive we didn't lose by much jared hayne had an outstanding he played his skin out that game yeah. But we just knew it was Lockie's last game when I played that series. Yeah. There was no way we were losing that last game. Yeah. Well, we ended up beating them 34-24. I think we were like, I think we were 24-6 up at halftime. Yeah. And we put the cue in the rack. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. on cruise control, boys. And yeah. we just, you know, that's it sounds weird, but it just felt like you just were never going to get beaten with that side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That siege mentality you hear about it, uh, quite a bit. And we actually spoke, asked this question of, uh, of Soward the other day. And he said, Jamie Soward said, I asked him, who was the most competitive animal you ever played with? Um, and you know, obviously in the wake of the last uh, uh, the last dance, you know, who was the Jordan? I mean, obviously it's hard to compare anything to that, but who was the animal? And he said it was, for him, it was Finchie, which yeah. surprised me. I think it often does surprise people who, who that person is behind the scenes. Well, you know why you think that? Because Brett Finch is a footy player, I think, that people love. Yeah. But he's always the jokester, or I yeah. think he's always the guy that's off the fields. That because I, if I'm calling someone to go have a beer with, you know, in the New South Wales, I was probably Brett Fridge, yeah, yeah, to be honest. Like, I think it's the change of mentalities when people walk over that line yeah. that you don't see, you know. Yeah. And I could see where Sowie's coming from there. Yeah. He's an angry, like he would play with more anger than he does, you know, skill. I think, yeah, you know, and that's just who he was. And you could tell when he came, you know, that that game he came on, kicked that field goal, yeah. Like I've heard that story. I've heard him tell me that story so many times. I'm over it, but you know, he 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 didn't get called until like the day before for that game, and it just shows how much someone like him wants it and 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 yeah, is willing to wear it. Yeah, we're willing to to fix this like himself. You, you know, because 
people would come in and go, well, I'm going to set myself up for failure. I, no, I don't want to play. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, where he doesn't care. He's yeah. he's just he's all in or nothing. That's the type of person he is. And yeah, I, I can I can see where Sauer would come from with that. Yeah. Who who are, who would you say of, of the of people you played with? Man. Uh, if we're talking exactly like Jordan, yeah. and look, I don't. Well, I'm going to hate saying this because if he hears this, his, his head's going to explode. But it's it's definitely Justin Hodges for yeah. me. Yeah. Justin Hodges will talk shit mm-hmm. when he's twenty down. Yeah. You know, he he just won't. It's it's easy to talk when you're up, like Michael Jordan says. Yeah. It's easy to talk that talk when you when you're up in the field, but when you're down, it's it's so much harder to do that. That's who. That's what Justin Hodges was. That's who Justin is. Justin Hodges is, mm-hmm. and that's why everyone hated him from New South Wales, yeah. because he talked the talk, man. He walked the walk, yeah. and he just wanted to win all the time. And you could put so many people in this category, but the reason why I put Hodjo in is because I'm, all, I'm I was the closest to him all the time. I heard him spray people so many times. So they're not coming back from that. No, <laughs> no, and and like and even spray them even when he loses. Yeah. You know, it's like you're you're never going to be as good as me. Like, who are you? You're a bum. You know, (laughs) and people know this about Hodge. You know, people know this about Hodge. So that's the person who I always knew was like like MJ, and he loves MJ as well. That's probably why he's going to get a big head if he hears this. But he was the guy because you want to go to war with him. Mm -hmm. He'll fight someone for you. Mm -hmm. He'll stand up for you. The thing in his brain is, I couldn't care less about anything. He'll spray me. He just wants to win a footy game. Yeah, that's yeah. what he wants. He's just a winner, and that's what he wants to do. And you could say that about Darren Lockyer, but they just weren't as lippy. Yeah, you know, they just boom, you yeah. know, zoned in and just did their jobs. Um, but yeah, for me, it's 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 definitely Hodge. Were you in the first All Stars? Yeah, I was in the yep. inaugural. Yeah, the inaugural All Stars. So you said you know your dream was to be better than Wendell or be be the next Wendell. What was it like to get to play? Yeah, with man, Adele that was it was really. He scored the first try and did the didgeridoo on the on the well, corner post. Well, you know what? It's it's really funny because I played the year before that in two thousand and nine was my first my debut mm-hmm. year, and I played against him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played at the Dragons, yeah. and all I could think about is that was when he had his OJ look going. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. hundred. <laughs> all I could think about is like. You know he's gonna have, he's gonna he's gonna have something to prove here. Yeah. You know I've got his number on my back. I've got his jersey on my back. Yeah. Like I I need to beat this guy. Mm-hmm. I got to beat this guy. Fortunately enough, we won that game. I don't see. I don't think we've seen each other enough through the game to really show that potential of who was better. But I, I thought about that lot a lot. And then when I got put into the camp, I was number seventeen. So back then it was a voting system. Yeah. How you get picked and. I'd only played one year in first grade, man, and I was, I think I was something like number nine on the list for voting. That's, that is great. I like that system where you just let the, just let the mob choose who's playing. Exactly. That's what happened. And I was like, how the hell am I in this team? You had enough cousins, that's yeah, why. Yeah, probably. The brothers and the aunties and the cousins and the sisters and the, you know, like that's that's how it was. The mob just loved you. So, you know, I, that's how I got voted in to yeah. be in this game. And yeah, to be, to be, and Preston Campbell was my idol, so to, for him to be the captain for me was like yeah. I was like a schoolgirl. Like I couldn't yeah. talk to him. But that 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 moment, yeah, when I did meet Wendell properly and and got a lot of asked him a lot of questions about the club and mm-hmm. you know what drove him and, and and things like that. And you know everyone's got their own personal drive, and mm-hmm. a lot was his for fa- was family for him, and yeah, probably for me as well was that. But it was also that he would been at the Broncos before, and I was like, man. Yeah. I, I love you, but I, I want to be better than you yeah. because that's the mentality I had. And 
you know, he probably wouldn't have mind if I told him that. I never did, um, but you know, that's that's a mentality I had coming through. Yeah, the game. Now you mentioned Fernie Grove, uh, FG High baby, FG, <laughs> um, and then Norse Devils, and you said you weren't playing with many Murray kids. No, and then particularly in Parramatta. I mean, obviously, All Stars was you played with the entire yeah. side of Koori footballers, but until your Origin start, like that, would have that been the you know the 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 first time you played with a team that was like almost majority? I mean, oh, indigenous, yeah. Well, oh, I mean, well, not including Rocky, <laughs> like, or was Rocky the same? No, no, no. It was yeah. So like, Origin was pretty much a like the Origin side that I played with. Yeah. It was like a yeah, it was like an Aboriginal side. Yeah, I mean, Hodjo was my centre, Sammy was my second rower. Yeah, then you got JT. Yeah, GI. GI. <laughs> um, who else was? Was Bowen still around? Nah, Mango. Yeah, Mango was around, but he wasn't. And oh well, we basically called Nate Miles Blackfellow. He's from, he's from um up Townsville way. So yeah. yeah, he he was always hanging out with the Blackfellas. <laughs> so we just we just we we claimed him, <laughs> we claimed him. But yeah, it was. I don't know, man. Like, I, I was lucky enough at Norse actually to have a few PNG boys that I, yep. you know, and that was cool for me. I mean, mm-hmm. culturally, didn't really matter, but it was, yeah. you know, like, oh, but you know, we're yeah. we're both blackfellas, you yeah, know. That's yeah, yeah. and I didn't, I don't, I didn't seem to see it as race. I suppose yeah, I just yeah. seen it as like, Some you know, brothers. whatever, yeah. whatever brother I see is, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a brother, and that made me feel comfortable to be at Norse as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I moved to North from because I first started at Westerana, but yeah. just didn't feel as comfortable there. And, yeah, yeah. When I went over there, yeah, there was a lot of blackfellas, and it was yeah. man, it was it was fun. Yeah, that's why I stayed at Norse, man. Like, yeah. uh, that club is, yeah. Well, the cl- I, it'd be close to say they saved my life. Like, yeah. I had a lot of bad stuff, you know, f- you know, family around where I used to live in Capera, and wasn't that flash hot back then. There was mm. a lot of crime. There was a lot of you know drugs and stuff mm. like that. So, yeah, to 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 find rugby league and to find that club, you mm. know. Yeah, it was 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 a really cool experience, and uh, I'd never looked back. I mean, I love. I've still got my very first North Devils jersey I ever yeah. wore. Yeah, yeah. You know, I take my grand. I, I leave it with my grandparents, and um, I had number six, and I can't believe I played in the halves. So I don't know why. Yeah. I think it was just because I was fast. We didn't pass back then, you know, <laughs> because there's no way in the world they picked me from my ball skills. Like, there's no way. So yeah, I've still got that jersey, and even when I played Origin, they gave you a jersey for your club and they your yeah. training jersey and they put their they put your club colours on it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. I still got that jersey as well and when I have mates over and we have a beer, um It comes on. Well <laughs> I've got I've still got all these jerseys, right, that I haven't framed yet that I'm slowly getting rid of, trying to get you know, I've got a few framed but we call it a jersey party at my house, yeah. and I just give everyone a jersey. And one of my mates came over, uh, a guy that came over the other day I hadn't seen for a while, and I gave him my Origin jersey to put on, and he was like, nah, I can't wear that. I was like, yeah, bro, wear it. This you haven't cool. washed it? Nah, it's washed. It's washed, <laughs> but I haven't washed it since I've been wearing it at jersey parties. <laughs> <laughs> Probably smells worse. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today, no Gerald. It's, it's, it's interesting to get some insight into, I mean, it, it, it's not, we're not just, this isn't clickbait, this isn't, Buzz Rothfield shit. We, <laughs> we, it is a phenomenon what's happening at the Broncos it right is. now because it, it because it's out of character, and it's great to get some insight from inside the tent or recently inside the yeah. tent, um, and definitely from inside the locker rooms. Uh, once upon a time, yeah. I, I, look, I, I just got to say before we go, before we finish it up, I've got full faith in this side to turn it around, mm-hmm. and in the side itself. Like oh. I, I have a lot of faith in every single one of my friends there that that play footy there. Mm-hmm. They're all great people. They're all mm-hmm. great blokes. 
unfortunately, they're just been they're being shown in the light of how they're playing rugby league. They're all great people, yeah. all awesome people. They're just in a really the club is in the worst place it's ever been, and yeah. there was probably going to be a time when this was going to happen. Yeah. But for, unfortunately, right now it's just where they're there. So, boys, if you listen to this, if anyone at the Broncos fans that listen to this, mm-hmm. stay strong. We're in this together. I mean, I'm not hiding. Uh, I'm definitely not hiding. I'm still wearing my Broncos gear around. Mm-hmm. And when I say something, you know, I'm going to mean it. And mm-hmm. it comes from it comes from the heart for me. So, stay strong, everyone. If you're a Broncos fan, we're going to get out of this. We'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, Bronx Nation isn't dead. No, it's not. Thanks for joining us, mate. No problem, brother. 